0: for you to make that leap to a more fulfilling career. Jess, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Megan. I'm happy to be here. I'm so excited to have you here. I really appreciate that you uh, are taking the time to chat with me. We stay here, but I'm really just still in my apartment. <laughs> yeah, aren't we? It's great to be here on the couch <laughs> that I've been on for the last uh, few months, almost without yes. movement, but here on uh, Zencaster. Shout out to Zencaster. Yes, here in <laughs> virtual company. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Um. All right. So I'm just going to jump in where I jump in with everyone is uh, all the way at the beginning. What what made you go to law school? Oh, OK. So for law school, I I mean, you know, this is going back such a long time and like, yeah. It, of course i i cringe at all the reasons for why i did everything because they were <laughs> so innocent and naive and not just because i was younger no. because i feel like the world was in a different place but um well i mean it was definitely in a different place than we are like right now but like right. broadly speaking i was it was a bit of a sweet spot because um when i was like you know anyway I'd say there wasn't a lot, there was no social media yet. There was definitely a lot of, or not a, not in any significant way. There was definitely yeah. the internet. So it's like sort of when I went to law school, I, I just wanted to be part of the solution. That was like my main. I didn't want to be part of the problem. I wanted to be part of the solution. Yeah. Uh, I had high ideals around um, being able to help people. I cared a lot about justice, broadly speaking. And I, got involved working for a human rights lawyer and professor named Erwin Kotler um, in Canada. He was a professor at McGill University and he came to speak at my undergrad, my last year of undergrad. Um, I was at Tufts University and there was a program called EPIC where the students basically organized a giant symposium with speakers from everywhere and um, from every discipline always around whatever the theme is that year and my year was uh refugees migration and global security and he came and spoke and I was completely blown away and then I saw that he was in Montreal which is where I'm from and he he teaches Lot McGill and so I when I went back to Montreal after graduating uh, school at Tufts he I ended up working uh like as intern for him and I, I was just, I got it. I guess it was through the window of refugee issues in that pro- program my last year that I started thinking yeah. about human rights. I don't, cause I don't remember human rights being like broadly taught as a thing, um, you know, as a topic necessarily in yeah. like like outside of law. And but anyway, I, I got that's where I sort of got turned on to this idea. And um, uh, as a non-lawyer, and then. Um, because like knowing myself, I, I almost want, I wanted to work in human rights. I, but I didn't really, I wasn't like dying to go to law school. I didn't grow up loving law. I didn't dream of, you know, being in a courtroom or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, but when I was learning about human rights and working as an intern for Kotler, I was really like trying to figure out like how can I make a career of this without going to law school and I couldn't really <laughs> figure it yeah. out you know other than like if I was like a, in my mind it was like either you're a lawyer or you're someone who digs up mass graves and is a forensic scientist like I got and, or you know it's like on the yeah. medicine engineering um you know the yeah like science right. side of things and I am number one could faint if I ever see blood uh yeah <laughs> two I'm like terrible with math and science and anything to do with equations and um chemistry what are they called the chemical table I, like you know what I I, I can't <laughs> I, I, right, was bad, right? Right. I like I can't even express even the basics now so yeah it's hard hard pass on that option. <laughs> yes. You know, I'm like, okay, law, it's, you know, talking, it's reading, it's writing. I could do that. Um, that's probably how I could help people is to, and this was the big kind of phrase at the time, which now I, I'm sure like everything else is, is problematic, but, you know, give a voice to the voiceless. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I, that I thought, you know, oh this is how I could it really just was like how could I help? This yeah. makes sense for me. And but at no point was I, you know a lover of the law or seduced by right. The you know, know, sort the sort of whole, circumstance and yeah. 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 Um so so that was how I, and then oh and then I was working for Cotler as an intern and yeah. then eventually I applied, uh, I was working, he had another, uh, he had a woman working for him, uh, this woman Charmaine, who, like, we became really good friends, and then we both decided to go to law school together, and, uh, and we started, I guess, yeah, so I think I took two years between undergrad and law school, Yeah, starting starting law school, and then I did it at McGill, and uh, actually, um, when I started law school, the that that then uh Irwin Cotler who was a professor and he would work do his advocacy work um and represent like major you know international dissidents uh yeah he uh ended up getting um deciding to run for government and so he was uh, elected an mp and then became justice minister in canada but um but so i actually never had him as a teacher in the end because as soon as i started law school he was gone to ottawa <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, but, did I mean, you, yeah. Did you, but in law school, you continued to focus on human rights law, I take it. Well, as soon as I was allowed, you know, at the beginning, yeah, of course, right? You've right. got a property law, and God knows, and yeah. Yeah. right? Torts. I feel like the property one, <laughs> property, well, it just for some reason, it was just the one everybody hated the most. I don't know if it was. Like a lot of perpetuity, I can't even remember, but there was oh yes, yeah. uh, <laughs> crazy um legal doctrine from old timey England yeah. you know common law. We also had this civil law it was also my law school right. it was a very weird um curriculum because McGill had just started to do something called trans systemic education. Mm-hmm. whereas before you would do a common law degree for three years and you could stay a fourth year and get your civil law or vice versa. Uh-huh.
1: Um,
0: now they were like two degrees and, you know, three to four years and right. do it transystemically. So like you'd be in contract, you'd be in torts and you'd be learning that you'd be learning both at the same time. So like, what does the common law say? What does the civil law say? Yeah. And so when you had an exam, you'd have to like solve it one way or the other usually. Um, yeah, that seems complicated. Yeah, it was, I mean, basically it means that you come out, I mean, this is how I feel about learning a lot of different languages at the same time, is that you kind of speak a lot of things, but you don't speak any of them very well. Yeah, yeah. Although but, on the flip side, I think American legal education would be like, I think you could get out of law school without even knowing what a civil law system is. Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, so, so you focused on that, and I mean, I think it's and what did you do when you graduated then well, so then i like I guess towards one of my last years, you know cause at the beginning of all your requirements, then you can choose a bit, and when I was yeah. able to choose i i took uh I took human rights and I, law and I took international criminal law, which was probably the point where i uh yeah I got interested in um laws of war and international criminal responsibility and I did an internship at in the Hague at the tribunal for the Mm former Yugoslavia with this Italian judge who at the time was um the vice president so not like chief justice but like under the chief justice essentially yeah and uh because of the trans systemic curriculum like to finish that it to get those two degrees the civil and kamala in like three years was really crazy and basically you had to would have to do that you almost had to do another semester like one yeah. summer um which i didn't do so i ended up finishing in three and a half years and then i had like this extra semester before i was graduating that was sort of you know because graduation was always in may but i finished in december yeah. so, so during that time that's when i did my internship in the hague for this judge uh, and um who incidentally we're friends on Facebook and he always likes the most random things. <laughs> I post like anyway, it's so funny. I mean I'm like do you, it's like sometimes it's a very like specific New York joke or yeah. You know, I'm not I mean it's, I once in a while i post about law. Sadly because things in the US are the way that they are, I find myself writing a lot of terribly serious rants about you know, crimes being committed. But anyway, um ostensibly i do comedy now but so he uh so then i after working for him as an intern i went back to canada and i graduated i got went to you know had my graduation mm-hmm. and then that summer i did like in canada you have the wait are you canadian i forget you said no I'm um because you mentioned about I mean, oh, sure you had your passport. I brought, I brought my passport out here just in case I had to like, make a run for the border. Oh, <laughs> make a run for the border! I was like, okay. but I was like "Did she get the Canadian passport?" I um, okay, got it, got it. Uh, This is the pre the pre chat, the, the pre yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, so the way it works in Canada, if you don't know, is that you to get called to the bar, you have to take the bar exam and you spend. I think it's close to a year or like a school year, basically it it was like eight, nine months, um, working, Mm -hmm. uh, but you're not a lawyer yet. It's called your articling. Yeah. And, um, so you can do your articling at a firm or sometimes with a non-governmental organization or in the government. And so I, I had to do my articling year. And so, yeah, so I came, I did that internship. I came back in the spring I gradu I had my graduation, and then that summer, I did the bar in Ontario, which is easier than Quebec, mm-hmm. where I was from, because that then the bar is all in French. It's much. I was going to say, is, it, is yeah. it bilingual if you take it in in Montreal? Yeah, you have to. Yeah. Well, the, the Quebec bar is just civil law, so that's why I did that system. Was that at least um, I I could I couldn't I could go either way for the bar. I could take the bar in quebec or i could take mm-hmm. the bar in uh any of the other common law jurisdictions in canada yeah uh um, you know what honestly i kind of knew that at that point and I, I i i felt like i would end up working in the international system that's what i wanted to so it, it doesn't really matter what bar you have to work yeah. with the un like it's as long as it's you know from a refu- like a reputable bar that's recognized yeah. Yeah. and yeah. not from like i don't know some s- small island no one's heard of and like the South Pacific that does it right. whatever you know what I mean yeah it's yeah. like an on not, not like like a Trump University bar you know yeah yeah <laughs> certificate but um anyways and in Ontario it's it's much easier it's in English it's like yeah it's, right they, that makes sense. and it's much shorter so I did that in the summer and then I started my articling at the Department of Justice uh in Ottawa the federal government and then um when I finished the articling. It just was really good timing. All of this worked out really well. That the, the judge that I was interning for got elected president or like chief justice. And so then he was able to hire, uh, like, a, I mean, they call it a, a cabinet, like a cabinet, mm-hmm. but it's not like, you know, so he had a, like, a, we were four lawyers in there. So he hired, so then I got hired to go. And um, so I ended up going and working for him in the office of the president in the tribunal in the Hague for the former Yugoslavia. And uh, it was also the tribunal, the the appeals chamber for Rwanda. So anyway, so yeah, so that, that was, um, I mean, that's impressive because if I had a dollar for every person who went to law school saying they wanted to get into, you know, human rights, social justice, and then ended up not following through on that, I would be a rich person. (laughs) You know, I think it's, it is quite something to have, had that idea and gone all the way through law school and, and, and stuck to it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I did. Yeah. I, I kind of, you know what, I'm very all or nothing. And so um, I've always been that way with, with a lot of things, whether it's like, you know, following a band around or getting like a couple years that was really, in, I started working out and got into triathlon and, yeah, you know, now I, I'm like, I can't even believe I used to do that. But, um, but when I was in law, I was, in it, you know, and um yeah, and I was and I wasn't thinking it's not like I was repressing this like desire to be a comedian um i don't i I wouldn't be able to do that. there's people that you know work as a lawyer as their day job, but what they really want to do is comedy, and they um yeah. do continue to do law and start doing comedy, you know until yeah. like the comedy fully takes off or i don't I'm thinking of like people like um i mean, Ken, you know Ken Jong is a he's not not but yeah. not with law with being a doctor I mean he yeah. was a doctor until he like made the hangover or something like, he was like <laughs> yeah that's incredible you know like function differently right <laughs> I, I could never like I you know I I do one thing and then I stopped and I started the other thing and that meant that I was kind of in a bad position for a while career-wise but yeah Um, that's so interesting so so just to sort of jump back a little bit so you're you're working in the human rights arena for how long um well so you know i mean working i you know i had the internships in the in the summer uh i like i worked at the inter-american court for human rights one summer of law school um in costa rica which was great and that was a lot of actually working in spanish because my mom is from south america so i grew up speaking spanish at home and uh so that was yeah That so i did that i don't know i mean but like actually working post law school i mean i worked a year at the department of justice and then um like about i'd say two and a half to three years in the in the Hague. yeah three yeah. years if you count the internship two and a half as a actual lawyer yeah and so did you just like wake up one morning and go eh, not so much like how did that happen for you um you know I was like kind of in my dream job of what I thought I wanted yeah. to do and I really loved the I loved the international environment I felt like I was lucky that I was working at the tribunal where um like yeah some cases took long but we had all of the accused you know, yeah. it was like a very high-functioning tribunal in that sense, and that was only because, because you know, there's a lot of tribunals that are, don't get the war criminals in the docket, or right, or, right, or don't even get that far because of political reasons or lack of political will. But with um, the circumstances around the former Yugoslavia were such that all of, eventually, all of those former Yugoslavian countries wanted to become part of the EU. And a condition of becoming part of the EU was for them to cooperate with us. So they eventually turned people over. And so everybody that was indicted, which was like something like 161 people. Was this one sixty one? was a number I forget now. Anyway, I think that sounds right. Um, check out ICTY on the front. I'm like, it's it's I- my ad- address in Brooklyn, so it sounds right to me. Oh really? <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, you know, we'll say that um, we're all you know processed in some manner. Not everybody was ended up you know guilty in jail. Some people, like lower level people, at some point there was cooperation to send them back to their home jurisdictions where um, over the years, the capacity for uh, um, the judicial systems there, which is yeah. a part of the point was to build up yeah. the judicial systems in those countries so they could deal with like the lower level um, war crimes cases on their own. Um, so yeah. some people were sent back in that sense. Uh, some people died uh, um, along the way. Um, and yeah, so I, but everybody, so it was, so it was good in that sense. I had great friends. I loved the international environment. I didn't necessarily adore the Hague. It was pretty, but it was gloomy as, can you yeah. swear on this podcast? It was, sure. It was <laughs> gloomy as F. And uh, <laughs> I've been like, i I've been like on the BBC where I can barely say anything. <laughs> oh, no, I don't care. And uh, I, I just mark it like, okay, it's just a button. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um and uh and yeah so basically it wasn't like a, it was just more like kind of a realization that I don't know if you've ever had this feeling of I could see the jobs that were ahead of me like mm-hmm. the next, you know I was like I'm like what was called the p2 and then there was like p3 and p4 and and I knew I could see what those jobs were and I wasn't like excited to do them whereas yeah. like I feel like you need to feel motivated to um, move up and, you know, take more responsibility, whatever career you're in. And, um, I don't know. I think I just, I just, at some point, although there were like moments that were creative and, and interesting and exciting politically, like the, the legal part, um, for the most part, it's like very procedural and limited in terms of like what you like your sources of law are just law like you're kind of in this you know yeah. like and, I always I say that because like look if there's going to be an interesting part of law like this would be it right like this is oh, what yeah. people, you know and or people say like oh I want to do like you know entertainment law but I'm like that's just being a lawyer with different clients but they have you know still it's just like contracts and IP and whatever right and so I think at some at some you know time into your career you realize you're like oh this is just still being a lawyer <laughs> at the end of the day and like luckily yeah. because i was worked in the office of the president we had a lot of political issues that came yeah. up um, you know that we dealt with so we had we we did do a. you know there were like the things around the, the court in terms of like rules of procedure and figuring out how to make the whole system work better and more quickly um uh, And there was a reporting to the General Assembly and the Security Council once or twice a year. There was, you know, we had press conferences to update the diplomatic community in The Hague. And then there were big things that happened, like when Milosevic died out of nowhere, like right like two months into the being there in the office of the president and dealing with that. Um, you know, so there, there were, there were things like that that were like speeches, et cetera, you know? Yeah. Um, but But generally speaking, writing the judgments, it was, you know, yes, sometimes novel questions of law come up, but it's so infrequent compared to how much time you spend on, on procedure and just like the, yeah yeah it's very so yeah I am um, I think I kind of realized I maybe this I it's not that I hated it so much that I was like I can't do this for the rest of my life but I was uh, I could have settled in and I could have gone maybe like I also had to make a decision because the Department of Justice in Canada was like are you coming back like they had held yeah. that position and the idea of going back there was also like nothing really I just it all seemed kind of like a bit of I just was not excited about any of it. And um, yeah. and so, yeah, I can't tell you how many people were, like, being entertained. Maybe, have you thought about other <laughs> I'm like, are you insane? That would be <laughs> 10 times worse than this. Because now yeah. I'm, like, doing contracts for people who I wish I was doing what they were doing. Like, now I'm just right. closer to it. But still a lawyer. So like, did you know I, that you when know. at the time you knew you had that sort of, like, performance sort well of when I, well when I said I wanted to go and leave law for comedy that's when yeah. everyone was like well what about entertainment law thinking that that right. would be good like in between when it was I didn't get into law to like work in the private sector I work. I was doing law to try to right, right. help people so like I wasn't interested in doing contracts. I mean, now that now I do have to deal with entertainment. Law. <laughs> sure. I mean, only when things are going great. Yeah, but that's, like that's not the like bread and butter of what you're doing. Like I have whatever, some contracts here and there that are, but yeah. I'd, and you know, I'm not even yet in a place in comedy where I've had like a big enough deal to justify Getting an entertainment lawyer, you know, so uh, yeah. I can't wait. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> to have yeah, that's like thing that's not just a standard like contract that like literally everybody gets, and there's you just right. It. Yeah, well, and you're a lawyer, so you can you know manage yourself to some extent more so than I, I imagine. I mean, you know, I I still do have people that are like, do you mind? Taking a look at this, yeah. And I mean, sure. and I'm like, I, guys, I am not qualified. Honestly, it's been ten years at least, yeah. maybe eleven now. And I, like, do you have a war criminal to prosecute? Maybe I could help you with that. I mean, yeah, that was always like when I first started. Like, I would always joke about that because it was like, if you like, literally, be these like other, you know, other young comics, all these degenerate, you know, guys. <laughs> Everything from like I got in a fight to like drugs to, you know, a parking ticket. And I'm like, no, like, this is not my, I cannot help you with this. And even with entertainment law, I mean, like, yeah, I could, I could, maybe I could read it. And if something pops out as like, especially weird. But also, I have no idea what's normal in that industry. And, you right. know, you don't, don't understand this. Like, you have to work in an industry to know what the standard What is the standard and how, yeah, to even negotiate. So, but yeah, so, no, I, I doesn't, I, it's not that I was always, um, you know, it was just, it was a combination of like push and pull with, with leaving. It's just that I wasn't thrilled. Like, I wasn't that excited and didn't really love like the law so much and I was in like the best place I could be right and I also it wasn't worth checking out other areas that makes sense I was done with law but then it was you know but the other thing that was happening was that I was watching a lot of the daily show with Jon Stewart at the time and luckily I was in Holland but we were able to watch TV on the internet like there was all it was like the big like torrents and um and his stuff was on comedy uh, I somehow. Anyway, and I saw that he was having a real impact on the conversation and and, and politics. I mean yes. it seems so crazy to just think about it now. Yeah. And, and also, as as I was gonna say, like how did how did comedy come to the forefront compared to like something more obvious, quote unquote, might have been like anything in politics, right? Yeah, I I mean with politics, I, I don't know. I just always had this idea that like if you have like done anything wrong in your life, it's gonna come out and you're gonna <laughs> <laughs> You're like my husband, he's like, Oh I could never run <laughs> I, I don't know. I and now in comedy, oh my god, I've I've just said so many things that I can't even imagine. Um Yeah. Although, honestly, maybe people don't care anymore after we've lived through what we've lived through. It's maybe the... Yeah, I'm not sure what matters. Although, you know, <laughs> everyone has different standards for different people. But yeah. I, um, yeah, I think it was it was watching John Stewart. And, and yeah. I mean, I don't know if you remember this, but there was a time when, I think it was like sort of the peak his influence was he got Crossfire <laughs> canceled and Tucker yes. Carlson fired um uh, because they were quote unquote hurting America by just pitting these two extremists. Yeah, you know I recently watched the clip of of John Stewart on Crossfire telling them to their faces that they were <laughs> hurting America with that show. Yeah, yeah, and that's when I thought like, oh, okay. My whole thing was I always wanted to be like an advocate. Um, but maybe there's a a better way to do it, and maybe there's a more well one created you know, creatively yeah. stimulating and free and fun uh, way to do it. And that would reach many more people. So I was quite inspired by him. And as like in my lawyer mindset of the time, yeah. I thought like, you know, I've always loved making people laugh. I have always been a storyteller. Um, yeah. And I, um I just thought maybe, maybe comedy was, was the way in and um so amazing. were people like are you crazy? <laughs> you know I don't know. I mean I definitely yeah I'm sure nobody said it to my face. I mean some people um, said brave which it basically means that. Um it's <laughs> so, so, um, so interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Um but I I think that people I think lawyers in general all I mean not all but a lot of lawyers and I want to say this is like to a larger degree in law than other places but I could be wrong harbor dreams of doing other things and yeah. and especially comedy or being a, a writer or a screenwriter or you know yeah. I think it's like, yeah. like common um, maybe because they are words people because they are some of them orders because they, yeah. you know, uh, are witty and um, have a facility, you know, to express themselves and um, are limited in, with, in law. So, you know, you naturally kind of like fantasize about like, oh, imagine if I could do this yeah. or that. So I think there were like, I well, yeah, I think, you know what, in the Hague, I, if people were pretty rooting, they were rooting me on, you know, I think they were like, good for you who knows what'll happen and they had no idea how the entertainment world works And i had no idea and honestly i was like all right well you know i in my head also i was like i'll take two years off and i'll go give this a shot and if it doesn't work out i'll go back to law like i feel like you know i could do that um like basically i was like if i don't like have a sitcom and an hbo special you know then i guess it wasn't for me yeah two you know? <laughs> years Year seems like a reasonable timeline yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and, like my name my name like it wasn't even stand-up at first i was like i'm gonna like I, at first i thought like um what the main thing i was motivated to do was to write a uh sitcom that takes place in a war crimes tribunal so it was to like Show that world, you know, and yeah. it, it's just like so much dark humor, and um, and yeah. I was excited for people to, you know, have a view into what that that world is because people love, uh, crime yeah. procedural or I mean, that sounds like people, a really good yeah. idea. Yeah, I mean, uh, Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. So I mean, it, but then I, you know, it, obviously, it took me a long time to learn how to do comedy and learn how to write a script and that I'm still working on, but then I sort of thought when I started, when I went back to Montreal, I took a couple of writing classes and I, you know, wrote, I started writing like a spec script, which was a, an office, like an episode of the office yeah, um, as a writing sample uh, before delving into to try to, you know, write this tribunal sitcom. And then um, uh, I took a stand up class because I thought that that might help with the writing. And yeah, I immediately got hooked on stand-up and then forget it. I mean, stand-up is just like so immediately gratifying or tar- terrifying and, and compared yeah. to sitting alone and writing a, a script, which is so torturous, I find, you know, and so stand-up, yeah. I was like out, I was meeting the whole comedy community and then eventually traveling to different cities and meeting comedians and working my way up there. Um, And then eventually I, you know, with a friend, a comedian friend of mine, we, we wrote a a pilot script of the tribunal show and now it's just like we're we're we we have to write another draft of it but it's still it's it's, you know it's happening that kind of felt and then like the world i don't know but yeah that so that's always been kind of you know uh one of the things that stand-up took uh like very much center stage um yeah and so then, how long, And then how I, long I, I kept going back it became impossible. I mean, I did oh, at one yeah, time panic, like maybe four. <laughs> yeah, four oh yeah, no, <laughs> terrible, Megan. I mean, I don't know. I, like I'm four years into comedy, I'm terrible still at comedy. I don't remember no. law. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember anything. I don't remember anything. And I, and I'm like, how am I? I got to get to New York to, uh, yeah. for my career to go somewhere. And how am I going to do that? Because to get a visa, you need to have like a substantial case to be made that you're an alien of extraordinary ability in comedy. So you need to have significant credits and they need to know in America that you'll make money, you know, in that career. So you have to show. So anyway, I, I wasn't really there yet and I wasn't going to be for a few more years. So I I tried to apply for a job at the U.N. in New York. And mm-hmm. <laughs> it was, I mean, uh, they knew that I'd been doing comedy. Like, I didn't yeah. lie about it. I didn't, I had my TV with, like, da-da-da-da, war crimes lawyer. And then it was, like, <laughs> um, open mics and, you know, yeah. um, maybe like a few shows here and there nothing so I had yeah. nothing, literally nothing and then I got to like the phone interview it was for um like an administrative law job at the it, like I think it I'm trying to remember even what it was the job was there were a lot of people from the tribunal that I was at that ended up working at the internal UN tribunal which is basically yeah. where employee related uh cases go so if um yeah it's like Like a peacekeeper has, I don't know, used their diplomatic uh, passport or whatever to like transport something illegal or or there's something, you know, like I don't like sexual assault or, you know, uh, any any kind of thing where internally someone has has gone against the rules of Mm -hmm. the UN for employment, um, then it gets taken to that. I mean, I, unless it's not resolved or somehow other way, but it can end up at that tribunal. I'm pretty sure that's how it works. Their internal administrative mechanism, and so a lot of people ended up working there because the tribunal that I was at is now uh, yeah. closed. Um, and uh, so it was like I think it was for a job there. Anyway, there was a panel of people. It was early in the morning. I was on the phone in Montreal. They were in New York, and it was an interview and like. You know, the first question that they asked me was whether I was going to make them laugh, and I was, like, I was like, I am toast. Forget it. Why are we even doing this? This is not happening. Yeah. And no, of course, and of course, at least they're going to give these jobs to the people that have stayed in the system. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least in law. So yeah, I, at that point, I was like, I think I no one's going to take me back in law. I again have said way too many things online. I I have to. I have no choice but to make it in comedy but also I really had started to like really enjoy it. you know I, I, it started yeah. to become hard to imagine um, a, a life where that wasn't my job yeah so I assume like no regrets no I don't miss law at all I do miss the people that I worked with uh, mm-hmm. the kind of people that I that I met because um, they were for the most part better people than the comedians <laughs> <laughs> I mean I, I just can't imagine I mean, the culture difference between those two worlds <laughs> I, I mean and honestly like now that I'm in New York and like there's just so many comedians and there's so there's there's so many different groups and styles and um levels yeah. you know so you do find your people and in New York it's so easy and there are so many like exceptionally right. bright and 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 lovely and funny and you know
1: but yeah, um,
0: yeah. but there was something about that international world and the dark sense of humor that everybody had from working in such a dark with such you know yeah. in a dark area of of the world and of history and you know uh yeah. that like the kind of sense of humor that was like but it was like it came from such an informed place, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. all the jokes about different countries and ethnic stereotypes, like they were really grounded in like <laughs> things, you know? Yeah, so, it was you know, very much like of course the Pakistani judge is like thinks that his female law clerk should do groceries as well for him when his wife's away. Like or whatever, you know, like, right, like right, yeah. right. but it's like it's like it's a real thing that happened, you know? Um yeah so that was like managing all the cultural differences was hilarious and yeah. also just the gallows humor and the banality of the you know the evil at the end of the day when you're in yeah. that world it's like i don't know it was very yeah. it was it was right up my alley humor wise and so i do i miss i miss a little bit the, yeah i miss the, the environment but yeah. and not for but one not the actual practice of law i mean Anytime I have to just fill out a W-9, you know, I'm like, my <laughs> All right. Well, I don't want to eat up too much of your, of your day. So just to sort of bring it to the wrap up, yeah. looking back, like, is there, Anything that you would sort of advice you would give to lawyers who've kind of gotten down whatever path in the law and kind of have that gut feeling of looking further down that path? They're like, mm, no, thanks. I would say, have you properly considered entertainment law as an option? <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty really close to your dream, right. but in a worse area of law. Than you right. it's like super dream adjacent. Just be in the same building, you know, just maybe like be a lawyer for Saturday Night Live, you know, Uh, maybe you'll get invited to the after party. Yeah, Um, yeah. yeah, no, I mean, I think, um, I think they're like, if you're, I think if you're the kind of person that could kind of, that could do law and get, like, start the next thing simultaneously, that's definitely the best way to go yeah Uh, especially if you have financial obligations to other people which i didn't have Uh, like if you have a family and whatever or like school debt or what you know um but uh yeah otherwise i don't know man look life is short we like look at where we are uh you know i think there's an argument to be made more more than ever that um although honestly right now the idea of starting a career and, and and comedy there is nothing going on we're like the worst we're gonna be the last people properly come back so you know what keep in law stay in law forget everything i said keep working (laughs) until we get a vaccine and then and then and then follow your unless your dream is to go into vaccine production uh then definitely on the calendar for 2022 (laughs) Yeah. No, unless your whole thing is like, I wish I was doing, you know, vaccine, you know, research. Then please leave law immediately and get help. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. All right. So now I want you to tell us where you can find where we can all find you. But also tell me a little bit. I know that you have a podcast that just started and tell us about that as well. Oh, well, yeah, it started. It it was just so it's a podcast called Comedians versus the News on the BBC World Service. And you can find it anywhere you get podcasts if you put in comedians versus vs the news. Um, and it's basically, we, we talk to international comedians. We have two guests, uh, every episode from all over the world. So South Africa, uh, and India and Germany. Uh, anyway, anyway, you know, the yeah. Middle East. And so, um, it's been really great. It only goes until, uh, it was in like an 11 episode thing. Um, yeah. And it goes until the election. So we're nearing the end of our run. But you can check all of them out. Especially nice. I'd say episodes starting at episode five. That's when we really get in the groove. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Tell me. Uh, yeah, I'm very familiar with yeah. I'm not sure I'm in the groove yet, but yeah, yeah you're you're <laughs> <posting> your <groove>. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is happening. Um, but yeah, check that out. And then I would say just yeah, follow me Well, if you're in Canada. I have a comedy special out on Crave, which is a streaming service um, with my wife, who is also a comedian. We do a duo act Um, and together we're called the L Solomon. So the, and then E L S A L O M O N S. That's a, is that, is that her last name combined with yours? Yeah. I mean, it's so, so she's, Iman. oh that's such a yeah. good one <laughs> she's highly grams but that's not as good as el solomon <laughs> yeah well, she's al-husseini her, her so she's her name is iman al-husseini and i'm just so that was our wedding hashtag and then I, we ended up starting an instagram account which you guys should definitely check out we have a bunch of beautiful uh cartoons that we did not illustrate our friend jesse brown he's in london he does them we put we have i don't know uh, like uh, i don't know 150 of them or it's and we've been doing it for a few years so yeah. we have this cartoon account they're little like vignettes of, of our marriage she's palestinian i'm jewish that's the that's part of the shtick and um right. and so yeah there's a lot of marriage stuff some gay stuff some political stuff and uh they're just like like single little you know instagram uh comics so check out the al solomon at the al solomons If you're in Canada, check out our special on Crave, The L. Solomon's A Marriage of Convenience. And follow me on Instagram or Twitter. It's at Jess underscore Solomon, S-A-L-O-M-O-N. And you'll, you know, you can see anything that I'm doing. I always post about it if I'm doing anything. But mostly these days, uh, since I'm not doing too many shows, I post about, uh, I post jokes. Or, or a lot of pictures of my do- my dog has an Instagram too. Anyway, it's funny. <laughs> I've given you too much already. Right. <laughs> well, thank you again so much, Jess. This was like an absolute pleasure and a real blast to talk to you. I uh, had the best time, Megan, and just want to give up to San Diego. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> and uh, we'll hopefully catch up in real life sometime soon.